air. But you oh, generally got it. Recording in progress. Yeah, I'm just gonna. It's a lot less smooth. Yeah, yeah, that'll make you so much smarter and <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. You know what I was criticized the other day or like last night for wearing a blazer at like 4 a.m. and I was slightly well, offended. Fuck them. Fuck them. Yeah. Blazers are nice. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You can never overdress. You can underdress, but you can never overdress. That is true. That is why I am never never naked. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you're naked, you're underdressed. That is that is true. I'm uh, it's me and uh, Tobias Yunke. The never nudes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> There's dozens of us. Dozens of us. You know, it is actually possible to underdress, overdress if you're at like a nudist beach. And you're wearing a tuxedo. Yeah. <laughs> if you're wearing anything at all, let's be real. That's the I mean, fair. It depends on where you are, though. Like, I'm pretty sure like most nudists would, nudist place wouldn't be offended if they were like wearing a swim trunk. And they should be. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, they should be. All right. Well, hey, well I'm going to grab one more beer. Is right. <laughs> well, welcome to Moot, the podcast where mistakes are guaranteed and our point is Moot. I am one of your co-hosts, Jeremy, and I am with my far better half, Joe, and oh, have a returning guest, Chris. Chris is joining us to talk about immigration in Norway. His full name is, by the way, Chris the Communist. <laughs> it's like a cartoon character. <laughs> well, that's how I'm going to refer to you from now on. <laughs> so. Yeah. It, it almost spelled CCP. It was almost perfect, that almost. nickname. God damn it. Chris the Communist Prick. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Chris the Communist Prick. That's perfect. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, so immigration. Are you for or against it? I, I, I would you say I'm for it. I'm very much for it. Okay, the, Jeremy, that means that today you have to be against it. Uh, okay. I will be arguing in favor of the alt-right. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like we don't nearly represent them well enough on this podcast. Well, well, well that's probably true. Oh, but well, like, I mean, I mean you can be again. We asked a lot of people to come on and... and... We have, we have. Uh, of the alt-right people? Yeah, like right-wingers. Like, I, I, I don't know many of them, uh, but he knows some of them. And oh, he's yeah. tried to get them on, but they're like... They think we're just going to be like rude or mean to them, which we wouldn't be. We would be nice to them because we want to hear their perspective. I mean, the perspective is total crap, but we want to hear it. <laughs> well, yeah, but, like, I actually know. Uh, well, I know I haven't spoken to him in years, but like when he was starting to slide that down that alt-right pipeline, um, that might be might willing to do so because he is, is a pathetic creature who just wants attention. Uh, maybe here maybe, in Norway. Maybe, maybe I don't want that guy. <laughs> but also, he's, he's a genuinely a dangerous dude. Like he's one of he, he's so like um, he was banned from the student cafe uh, at Fontes for a yeah. period of time, and there was genuine security there to well, make sure he wasn't there to like to be fair, do violence. I feel like I feel like the student cafe could ban fucking anyone for anything. From what I've heard. Oh no, no, no! I can promise. As a person who definitely should have been banned from that place. Okay, so uh, he's a legit like fucking terror. What What did he do yeah. that get, got him banned? Well, like, because he was like threatening people with violence, throwing warm coffee in people's faces, yelling, and actively punching people in the face. Yeah, I don't think I want to hear his perspective on immigration. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I don't feel it. That guy, that guy I don't feel the vibes, man. 
I do uh, want to ask him about what a prison is like in Norway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think he's been in prison yet, but like he's definitely uh, like he's being watched by the PST. Yeah, so he's you know he, he's he's working on it. He's working on it. He's doing his best. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> his worst is his best. Know, it man. all depends on your goal. Okay, so you guys uh, have a, a a big thing you wanted to talk about today, and I I I I do because uh, immigration is. Uh, like it's always been a very like important thing to me to talk about. It's a political thing I really care about. Uh, and a friend of mine named uh, uh, Cyrus, Cyrus, he's a uh, Persian. Uh, he is currently fighting a legal battle to stay in Norway. Uh, he's in jail. He's uh, been hunger striking and everything. He Poor guy, he looks terrible. I mean, he looks beautiful, but he looks terrible right now. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's uh, yeah, he he lost, he lost the legal battle, but his uh, attorney um, appealed it, so he's trying for a second go. I'm hopeful for him uh, because uh, we had a big famous uh, case recently where there was a guy who lost, and then he managed to get through after all. Uh, I fucking forgot his name, but he was all over the news. And I'm really hoping that uh, Cyrus um, gets the same thing. And not just because I love the guy, I want him to stay, uh, but also because he's an apostate. He's left uh, Islam. Uh, he became a Christian. I, I don't know why he would choose one or the other, but hey, you know, you do you, girl. Um <laughs> So he's, uh, but you know, it doesn't matter if he's converted or if he's an atheist. He's just, he was a Muslim. He's no longer a Muslim. That's an apostate. He's left the religion. Uh, there's a death sentence for that in Iran. Um, realistically, you might not actually get killed for it, uh, even though it is a death sentence. Um, but he would definitely be imprisoned. Uh, and that's like the apostasy is not the worst of his crimes because he is. Uh, ex-military uh, and he is also an outspoken critic of the regime mm. uh, and now that is a much more serious crime yeah so not so, only did he like go back on religion but he also went back <laughs> on his defense of the government he went back on as much as he could have gone back on yeah uh, and uh, short of an he, actual assassination <laughs> yeah <laughs> basically <laughs> so basically um if he goes back, he will definitely be imprisoned. Uh, he will most likely be tortured and probably also be executed. And his family uh, will get caught in the crossfires of it too. Um, I, don't, they, I don't think they would necessarily be imprisoned, but it would, life would be way more, more difficult for them. Yeah. It's not so difficult for them now because he's not there, but with a whole trial and everything... And they are not going to turn their backs on him, and that's going to mm. make it risky for them. Uh, right. Yeah, basically, I think uh, we. I, I think I've talked about Müller Kreker on the podcast previously. I mean, I definitely told you about him. He's, he's the guy who was—he was a terrorist leader back in the day. Yeah, and um, the, the yeah. one who was like, de you know, defying the Norwegian government, even though he was there on their good graces. 
<laughs> Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like sending us fucking threats. He was threatening to. He, he, was he on a vacation even at one point? Yeah, of this, course. In... They gave him vacation because yeah. you know human rights. You can't just sit in your house all day. Well, I mean, yeah, but they but also like... gave him guards to protect him because he was just so such a ridiculous person that. Yeah, but like, I mean, I must say about him, like, it, he is a despicable human being. But I mean, if anyone, man, as if any terrorist, I managed to like PR make themselves like a clown and like this buffoon of a oh, of a like a non dangerous entity, he, he's he's the world expert on that because he seems like a like genuinely like children's cartoon character more than anything else i feel like he's the he's the guy they make fun of on sesame street like yeah. if they were like in the old episodes where they would yeah. have someone who's the butt of the joke yes exactly and then suddenly he's giving debt to the prime minister of norway and we're like okay it's like jesus christ man like read the room yeah you know <laughs> but even though people were pissy about it, you know, they were offended. And obviously you would be offended. Someone threatened to kill you. Uh, and they said, well, you know, if you don't like Norway, send him back. I was, ever since I fucking heard about the guy, I was against it. Because I fucking hate them. I hope he stubs his toe on the sharpest fucking possible object. But it, it, it's just not in me to wish death upon another human being. Like, I, I can have like a fucking black rage moment where I want that happen every now and then, you know? But not when I'm calm. Sure. I, well, I, I just can't do that. And also, not knowing that we, if we sent him back, we would actually be murdering him. Like, we wouldn't directly murder him, but he would be killed the second he got off the airport. Yeah. So, we don't have a death sentence. I'm against the death sentence. I can't give the death sentence to a guy just because I don't like him. And Cyrus, I fucking love so, you know, if Mullah gets to fucking stay, then Cyrus, yeah, Cyrus yeah, is fucking, he's a valuable member of fucking Norwegian society. He's got good values. He's a gentle soul. He, he, he has an engineer uh, education. He works as a plumber. He's happy to do that. He never fucking, like, he, he, he's never even late for a fucking job. I mean, he is a Christian, though. Well, of course, he's a Christian, but you know what can you do? People aren't perfect. Uh, no, 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 but but, I, yeah. but but what what's his case? So, so like I understand the danger if he goes uh, back home, but like what was his court case basically? Uh, well, it's, you know his trend uh, trans uh, what what is it called transaction? No, not transaction. That's trading something. Transition? No, that's like transsexuals. No, but transgression. He... Transgression. Yeah, his transgression is basically that some paperwork is fucked up and he's just avoided doing it. So, you know, he's broken the law, you know, as, well, you know, yeah, I you see. do. Yeah, um, okay, I see. Yeah, he's, he's, he's done nothing illegal in Norway except for... He's done nothing that a regular citizen would consider illegal. He's done shit that a bureaucrat would consider illegal. Yeah. So, yeah. so basically his case is... Uh, if we send him back, will Norway break international law? Because per international law, you cannot send someone back who will get a death penalty or be tortured or be yeah, punishment for unreasonable punishment. Yeah, but the problem is that he's there's, there's no guarantee that he get the death sentence and was an unreasonable punishment. You know, the thing is, Iran does not enjoy the same benefits as other countries do when it comes to like international attention. Like if he was Somali, 
there would be no fucking question here. There would be no conversation. Oh, they wouldn't even have a trial. Really? You know? Yeah. But because he's from Iran, that, like, this is a, I, I know a lot of Persians, as you do. Um, and they, uh, it, it's a common thing for the politically active ones where they, they, they tend to be a little bitchy about immigration because they are very unfairly treated as immigrants because they're highly educated. They're very secular. Um, like you would never find a fucking Persian woman ever wear a hijab, for instance. Most of them are outspoken atheists. And the ones that aren't actual atheists are just like very blasé about religion. They're, they're you know, educated people. Yeah. They work hard. They have strong values. All of these things that you want in their fucking citizens. Like if I was fucking anything like, if I was half the man Cyrusis, Norway would be well better off. You know, I'm a fucking waste of resources compared to this guy. Uh, and it's just, yeah, because of the whole thing with Iran, you know, Persians, they get a, they get a bum deal. Like, if you, if you are from, I, I don't know exactly what it is, uh, because mostly comes from Persians, and they blame, they blame, um, uh, like, uh, the fuck is the English word for Berührungsangst? I have no earthly idea well what this bureaucratic <laughs> word is in english no no yeah it's it's it means it means like touch anxiety like you don't want to touch the subject with a 10-foot pole you know that oh okay okay it was the first time i've heard that word even in norwegian oh really yeah yeah that's that amazes me apparently i don't know uh, either yeah, languages yeah, yeah, i like language uh but uh, uh this is the guy who fucks up with words like every five minutes um no but so basically they say they blame that uh People don't want to do anything about it because uh, Iran is a Muslim theocracy and fleeing from it would imply that Islam is something that you should flee from. And so people don't want to do that because it's bad PR. Um, sort of like the Manchester case. That sounds, in my... that sounds very Swedish. Yeah, it sounds very Swedish. Uh, it's, 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 it's stupid. Uh, and I, I, I believe them. Um, but of course, I've only heard it from the people actually affected by it. And uh, the people who are affected by something will always have a much more visceral uh, impression of a situation than someone who is uh, like, you know, looking at it from the outside. Um, like in, in general, if someone's like, you know, you, sh- you should dismiss, you should generally dismiss it out of hand if someone who has been affected by something negatively speaks about it because they are, they, 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 it's impossible for them to be objective or neutral. But I've heard enough people, Persians, talk about it that I, I, I'm, I'm inclined to believe at least some version of that. And also, it makes no fucking sense why we wouldn't be fucking sending airplane tickets to fucking Iran to get as many of them over here as possible because they're fucking fantastic people. If you ever meet a Persian, they're fucking... They're warm, they're hardworking... They're educated. Uh, like half of them have a fucking degree in philosophy. <laughs> well, that's my kind of people. Yeah, you would. You, you, you uh, fit right in there, man. But like, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, no, we have become more and more conservative uh, since like the eighties. Like yeah. most countries, like with the Reagan era, making America more conservative. Yeah. 
but and and so I think like a lot of these issues is basically when it comes to like uh, Somalia or Syria or like famous broken countries. Yeah, like England. Yeah, yes. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm, England. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Norfolk. Anyway. Yeah. Um. So it's it's for the image of Norway, the PR of Norway. It's much easier to be like, I'm going to take those in. But the places which often isn't talked about that much, you know, like, I don't know, Eritrea. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's much easier to be like, you can't stay here because of a bureaucratic thing you did wrong. Because we do actively make it very hard to become an immigrant in Norway. Like, oh, like it is, it's one of the hardest countries to become an immigrant. It's very difficult to immigrate to Norway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. unless you're, yeah. you know, American or yeah. Canadian or like from the Western world, essentially. Uh, it's it's very difficult to immigrate to this. Country. Yeah, like most of the Persians I know who got here got here illegally, had to stay in an asylum, and then got their permission to stay. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And they did, yeah, they didn't come on an airplane, you know. Yeah, yeah, and and then the systems uh, uh, in the immigration systems in Norway are famously bad. Yeah, they, they're they're stupid. How how much bias is there? Because there was you guys had that minister of fisheries who had that iranian girlfriend or something oh yeah yeah the dummy guy um, yeah something yeah 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 his girlfriend 90 97 fucking percent chance that she's a spy on <laughs> the iranian government well that the, the which is all glory to him no i'm sorry germany for breaking up but like that's <laughs> like talk about a hustle yeah <laughs> well because th- that was the reason the government gave was that they thought that she there was there was an espionage thing going on because they had listed China, Russia, and uh, Iran as the countries most likely to have some sort of espionage thing going on. So yeah. I'm wondering, like, does that play into immigration too? Um, I I can only imagine it does so. Uh, but it's not, about, it's, not, it's not it's not as difficult for a Chinese person to get here as it is for an Iranian person. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. Yeah. No. It's yeah. Also, because like China is basically a first world country by now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, so any a lot has changed in the last fucking few years. But you know, Iran, it is not. A, it's it's not a third world country either. Like people think Iran, they think sand huts and goat herders and like all those you know whenever you see a footage and the like the filter is like sepia colored oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know whenever there's a movie with the sepia colored footage and you hear that <laughs> music with a little rattle and okay. then there's a goat herder with a bomb around his waist oh well that's yeah yeah sure. that's that's not that's not iran like you find villages that are like a little bit backwards and you know yeah, like, you do that, like, you know, technologically backwards uh but you know, for fuck's sake, Tehran, one of the safest cities in the world. Like you can, you can also you can travel there on a holiday, and you'll be fucking great. You'll be fucking happy. You'll have all the comforts you could ever have. And fun fact, they love Americans. They they don't look they don't love America. Like the most popular chant that protests are "Death to America," <laughs> yeah. but they don't give a shit about that for Americans. Like Kimia said, when she was uh, you know, growing up there and she's visited there a couple of times, you know, uh, whenever like there's an American tourist or something, everyone is super excited. You know, it's like the fun, it's the coolest thing ever for them. 
you know, so that they, they, you you get fucking discounts just out of hand from just saying you're American. Like you know, there was a period where Americans would like say they're Canadian abroad, like yeah. if they were in France or something. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, like if you're Canadian and you go to Iran, you should just say you're American. You're gonna get like the fucking best treatment. Uh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the same thing in China also. Yeah. Like, it's like being Norwegian in Denmark. You know, it's just you get preferential treatment. That is that is very, very true. Also, if you're Danish, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. If you're Swedish, then it's like well, you fuck off. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. in both countries, actually. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I, I kid the Swedes, but you know it's a rivalry. Uh, he has no, no, but... on the Swedes because he just he makes fun of them so ta- so often. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the Norwegian stereotypes against Sweden. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot. We have a whole category of jokes just called Swedish jokes. No, but that's all of the Scandinavia actually, is, and and, and each have like their bottom of the joke. Yeah, basically. But I think the Swedes are always the bottom. For for the Swedes, I think the Norwegians are the bottom. No, it's the Danish. The Danish? Yeah, it's the Danish. Oh, that's great. Then yeah. then we're never on the bottom because for the Danish, <laughs> it's always the Swedes. For us, it's always the Swedes. Ah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because like, how do you sink? How do you sink a Swedish submarine? You dive down and you knock on the door. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if they were Vikings, they wouldn't fall for that kind of chicanery. No, <laughs> I mean I'm pretty sure if it was a Viking, it would have drowned long before you managed to knock on the submarine. Yeah, yeah, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. <laughs> I, I just mean they don't have the the history of seafaring <laughs> necessary <laughs> to handle a submarine. Uh, they, they they fucked around in the Baltics. They did do. They did fuck around in the Baltics for a bit, but uh, no, not the same. They're not the same culture of seafaring. They had fields to plow. Yeah, they. Yeah, they have a lot more actual earth they can make food on in Sweden. They do. They? they have fields. They have meadows. And uh, yeah, they were like technologically or culturally ahead of us, I guess. Like they had crusaders. In the crusades, they had crusaders. Didn't you know? Norway also have like a few crusaders we that some, went down there? We and some, to... Yeah, we had some peasants who joined. Yeah. Uh, we didn't really have any notable nobility or anything like that. So, so that's why it's difficult for people from Iran to immigrate to Norway. I don't think so. I think we, I think we digressed. <laughs> <laughs> you think? Yeah, yeah. You think? It's, okay, I, I see. think so we may have. So this is not those few peasants crusaders to no, decide no, to go down to Jerusalem. I, no, I don't think they even made it to Iran. <laughs> um, yeah. There's probably there's probably a like UN kind of global perspective reason too. I mean Iran's just kind of you know if if Norway yeah, is more like buddy buddy guys. with the United States, the United States is very anti-Iran. And I think that that probably might. I, I assume that might have something to do with it too. That you just have. It's you know it's kind of like the the person in the friend group who's sort of like a satellite friend that doesn't get invited by everybody depending on who's hosting the event. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, that sounds that sounds much more reasonable to me. But I, I always prefer politics to be the explanation forward for, for so simply like we don't like them or we don't want to do this because of that. Yeah. I think it makes much more sense that there's some kind of. For well, that's of why I want to know what the government's excuse was, because as like it would be it would be nice to say like to, to, to pin the gov- a government official down and say, OK, so there's evidence that Iran gets treated, you know, uh, you know, Persian immigrants get treated differently. What is what is that difference due to? And have someone give a straight answer. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's exclusive to Persian immigrants. I think it, it's just anyone from Iran. 
Just anyone from okay. Yeah, because I think I I don't know I don't think they put ethnicity on the passport. Okay. Yeah, also also think like people from Thailand probably also who, who like running from the regime also get like a rough end of the stick there. Yeah, just because it's not viewed as a like a horrible military dictatorship, but it actually is. Yeah, Be- yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's a savage monarchy. Yeah. Um. um so so like there probably genuinely is just this idea of like a lot of countries we sort of have in the back of our minds as the countries out there yeah just naturally do get the rough end of the stick because we as people do not think of those countries as horrible dictatorships right but that's kind of the opposite between thailand and iran though because everyone thinks of iran as like hell on earth and it's actually quite a lovely place well yeah but like if minus don't obviously the you know theocratic dictatorship yeah yeah. i mean it's a stable country so yeah. and then and a stable country is always preferable to unstable country but like instable yeah. country is no, I think unstable is the word yeah. yeah unstable yeah instable is like inflammable uh, in- inflammable <laughs> means flammable doesn't it inflammable i don't know because it doesn't sound like it should it sounds like it should be the opposite but I remember an old episode of The Simpsons where Dr. Nick was like, inflammable means flammable, you know, and then he sets fire to the whole hospital, you know. <laughs> um, because it, you sometimes see on like canisters, like spray cans, it says inflammable contents or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that does mean like they'll have the safe, they'll have like the fire safety thing on it. Yeah. That means that means like extra explosive. Yeah. Like, what oh. the fuck? Like, inflammable should not mean flammable i like dr nick is an idiot but i agree with him <laughs> I, I i there i found common cause with him okay all right well this has a lot to do with immigration maybe, maybe you- <laughs> well, like i would like argue like most things immigrants are also flammable that's, that's true true immigrants are flammable and a very useful source of fuel when society falls yes and like the matrix and food yeah. and food uh no <laughs> seriously though, that's, that's also that's also a thing i want to talk about because there's <laughs> one thing that always bugs me and that's people's attitude towards immigrants uh, just uh, quickly can i just uh yeah of course, uh, course. jeremy yeah so, so what's your view, like your understanding of immigration generally in Europe uh, as from an American perspective? Because I would imagine the, the, the nature of immigrants in Europe and in America is very different for, for a variety of reasons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was honestly, I was really surprised when the Syrian crisis happened and you had waves of immigrants in the mid, you know, 20 teens uh that so many countries open their borders um and I, I guess i was a little less surprised when countries closed but i was surprised at how long it took them to close so my understanding is mostly related to that crisis because that's the first time i was ever exposed i was paying more more attention to international news then and it was the first time that i knew like because finally you know the sources I was reading and and like NPR is a really good one. They, when, when they talked about it, it was the for the first time they were talking about each country individually. And you know, uh one of the things I do know is that uh 
the the one the one key thing that holds all far right or populist groups together uh, politically is immigration. Immigration is the most key thing, and every time immigration and and, and far right parties gravitate toward immigration too. Like they, if if they start with other issues. They, they ultimately find out that running on immigration gets them a whole bunch more votes. It's and the fear of the other, you know? <laughs> it is. It is. And that actually happened in Norway because you guys had that FRP party. Yeah. Like, it started as like a reduction in taxes and like, you know, public intervention. In yeah, the... there's like a libertarian kind of thing. Well, I mean, it was yeah. worse than that though because it was sort of, uh, Frederick Langer, I believe his name was. Oh, you don't look at me. Because it was originally <laughs> named Frederick Langer's party for like reduction of taxes and in foreign intervention or whatever. It was, it was so Anders. His, his first name was Anders. Anders Langer's. Uh, Anders, yes. Thank you. Anders, Anders Langer. Uh, they didn't keep that. Uh, yeah, no, that is okay. They didn't. Uh, but, and then it was like, and it was originally like buddies with Christling. Uh, and like, and oh, it I, I, th- I think it came from like, like the not NS, the Nazi party in Norway, but like a far right extremist, either so. Like, a, yeah, I think, I think it came from party, it was not anti Semitic uh, fascist party, but like just fascist party all the well back in the 30s. And, and after World War II. Uh, he started his party as a very small party, and obviously yeah. he couldn't just be like, "We're the fascist party." Yeah, and yeah, they were hanging fascists. So <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, well, uh, even, even, yeah, even kids in Norway were hanged back then. But yeah, um, we didn't like the Nazis. No, and and, and so it so like was was made it about like financial policies, and he had kind of made it like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. This is what we stand for to members, but he wasn't open about it. And it wasn't until the late 80s, by this point, the party had been around for like 15 years. Um, this guy named Carl Hagen took over and <laughs> called it Hagen. Yeah. Yeah. He, he took over the party and he's like, at first he, he kind of ran it the same way as it had been run for a while. And after he had been in charge for about eight years, eight to 10 years, he, there was a, there was an election like 1990, 1989, and he made anti-immigration the main part, the the main focus of, you know, the the, the election, his like core yeah. platform piece, and the party had never gotten more than like five percent of the vote, and it vaulted up to thirteen percent, and so it was such it you know it more than doubled the amount of votes that the party got, and so then they're like you know what we don't have to be as quiet about this anymore. <laughs> Like we obviously should yeah. talk about this more loudly and be more blatantly anti-immigrant. Um, and it's since then, they've only to... like managed to to fine tune their messaging, as far as yeah. I understand. It's just easy to appeal to xenophobic people because all you have to say is foreign bad. Well, but it kind of makes sense because, like in the seventies, Norway had an extremely open immigration policies, and that's why we got a bunch of people from Pakistan who start working in. Yeah. In our oil industry, among other things. And I think it was in the 80s, you had the infamous Mustafa letters, which Carly Hagen. Uh, oh, just, yeah, when he faked the fucking letters. Yeah, he forged a oh. bunch of letters, say, and there's a guy from who was named Mustafa, uh, who, like, 
wrote a he said but wrote a bunch of letters saying that that they were going to create Sharia law law and and stuff in Norway. And and genuinely, there was a dude who just was named Mustafa who like got the shit beat out of him because of it. And like in a few days later, um, he, he was like, "Oh yeah, no, this didn't happen." And Carly Hargan was like, "Oh no, was this forgery? I oh, I had no idea." Oh my god! god. <laughs> I have been bamboozled. Oh. Who bamboozled me? What, um, what a genuine fucking cunt! And and I. And I think that was when he was running for mayor of Oslo back in the day. And this was this was early in his political career. Oh, the balls on that guy. Can yeah. you imagine doing something that's like do it like create crafting a lie that causes a hate crime and then being like, oh man, someone must have given me false information. <laughs> oh, you are false information, sir. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, that's pretty fucked up. <laughs> uh, it's 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 obscene, is what it is. Just straight up gross. And 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 I have some interesting news here because I I genuinely uh, uh, when I was little sat on the lap of Cody Hagen because my <laughs> see, see really see, yes because he has a fa- infamous vacation home in Spain, which is often talked about. Yeah, and my grandparents has a vacation just right next to them. Uh, so, so, so I've met the guy a bunch of times when I was much younger, obviously, and not into politics because I was like six years old. Um, it would have been great if you met him now because you could have like a whole like bitch fight with him about politics. You could invite him to this podcast. Um, oh my god, I would love the, to. What are the him. ethical concerns about an anti-immigration politician owning houses in other countries? Oh, it's not just that. A Norwegian politician who uses other countries as a fucking tax haven. Yeah, oh. like the Cayman Islands. Yeah. And, and they will always defend the Cayman Islands because they don't want to be double taxed. It's just such a scummy fucking... Yeah. I, I, that sounds I, like a good American. That's all I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he tried to take a page from Trump's book uh, and tried to use like a similar rhetoric but it didn't really pan out. He was just laughed at instead. But he really wanted to be like the Norwegian Trump. Yeah, but I feel like Listau. Listau, I think she's way more successful at being the Norwegian Trump. And 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 she's unlike Trump. I think she's genuinely a very clever person. Yeah, she she uh, she she does ridiculous stuff, but I think she does them with a purpose. It feels like there's a purpose. Like I, I remember, like one of the first like major news events with her, and and at that point she was basically a low level politician at yeah. the Progress Party, where she she said on in an interview that Jesus wouldn't have uh, been agreeing that we should take in all these immigrants, and it was back in like 2016, I believe, during the immigrant <laughs> crisis. And and that we should also help people over there, and that taking too much people in is not what Jesus necessarily would have wanted. And it's like, what, what kind of Norwegian politics fucking evokes Jesus? <laughs> it's such a weird thing to do. <laughs> it's such a weird move. But the thing is, we all talked about it exactly, and right? It's, it's an insane PR move because, like, when does a Norwegian politic politician? ever mention like anything religious like that uh, i mean i mean the christian party does uh, the christian party does but that's the christian party you know they're a little joke party for grandparents yeah they're a very, you know? they have very bottom energy 
that very strong bottom energy that could be part of. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, like, but, power but, bottoms. Yeah, power bottoms. But, like, <laughs> they are very much for immigration. I will, I will give them that. The Christian Party is much for immigration, and they are, like, back in when the Progress Party was kicked out of, or, like, yeah. they, they went out of the, the, um, the government in a way. They it was because the Christian Party, among other, were like, "Oh, we should take in more kids." Yeah, yeah. And and the thing is, I I actually can't hate on the Christian Party. I I can laugh at them, but I can't hate on them because, barring from a few social and cultural issues, um, like any LGBT issue, I'm I'm just almost automatically just gonna flat disagree with them, you know. But in general, they seem to ha- be a very compassionate group. They're not, they're not nasty people. They're, I'm not going to say they're educated people, but they're not nasty. They're good people. They're just a little stupid. I mean, they were, they didn't want to like get rid of like conversion therapy. I know, I know. But that's what I'm saying. Like, that's the kind of issues where I'm like, oh, good God. Because they obviously, from their perspective, they're not being vicious cunts about it. You know, they're not, they, they don't do it out of hatred. They're like, oh, well, but we have to help this person. We have to guide them back to the light. You know, they're just deluded. You know, it's like the children of Adam and fallout. You know, they're all dying from radiation poisoning, but they think it's good. Well, I mean, I, mean, I, don't, know. Know if, I don't know if I agree with that because I, I, I feel like evangelical leaders here, especially the highly political ones and definitely the megachurch types, they talk that way, but it's all just a manipulation tactic. It's just double. Yeah, no, but but I, I don't think it's a manipulation tactic with these people. It may uh, not be because you can kind of you can kind of feel it when there's a manipulation tactic, like if it's a Ted Haggard type of guy, you know. I would love to meet a Yontelovan Christian because you know because yeah, they they feel they they don't feel any smarter, but they do feel like they are genuine when they speak. I you know what I was going to say that like the this is the Christian right sort of in America and the quote unquote Christian right in Norway. Yeah. It's very different because the Christian right in America made a constant conscious choice uh, to yeah. like involve themselves in politics to like sort of change the nation. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, and that's why there's so many of them actually in uh, the political life in, in America. Same with QAnon, made the same tactics. That's why you yeah, see a few of them in inject themselves into the debates. Yeah, right and. In Norway, I don't think it's the same thing because I don't think um, uh, the Christians in Norway or the Christian right to say, like, I know it, wants to drastically change Norwegian culture because I don't think they're like, the feminism is going to kill us. And yeah. like, the gays are coming for us, right? Like, which the, the American right uh, Christian people sort of are. Like, that's where they're yeah. coming from, like a, a reaction to like all the 70s, I understand it. That's uh, well, it, it so. Sort of, yeah. Um, I think part of part of think, it is that I think maybe I, I think maybe I have a I have a way to describe it. Um, I think it's more like the Christian Party here, the the Christian Party from the U.S. As far as I understand it, like they they are more against stuff. You know, they're like against gays. They're against the you know this and this and that. Uh, well, the people here are more for things. You know, they're not against immigrants. They're for immigrants, and obviously they don't they 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 want to like have conversion therapy and shit like that therapy with a big fucking quotation mark um but it's not like one of the main things they drive on it's not what drives their voters 
Exactly. They're not yeah. against the gays. They're just for conversion therapy. Yeah, they are. They're like, they, they think they're helping. They don't want to get rid of people. They just want to help them. Well, so though, yeah, like, they, it, it, it's kind of like, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions kind of deal, I think. Which so, I think is a nice and ironic phrase to use with Christians. It, it depends. So it depends on where you are in the country because there are different blocks of Christians. Like there's like the middle of America, Christ, like Christian, which is more, um, more fundamentalist, I would think. You yeah. know, in the, like in the South, you get you get more variety, you get like, but you also get more uh, extreme versions of Christianity. Like you get the snake handling handling Baptists and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and but there's also a, a much bigger percentage of our country is Christian like a massive amount it's well over half and we would describe themselves as christian not more than half don't go to church but a large even even among democrats there's there's a non-insignificant amount of people who want their president to be affiliated with some church of some kind and they wouldn't feel comfortable voting for an atheist so it makes it easier to find people to rally around a christian cause when there's just so many of you and you're like, yeah, we all believe the same thing. And you just get together and you march down, you know, you start making phone calls. Um, but I, I don't know if if it's true to say that they're not for anything. They are for things. It's just not things that I think the three of us would really respect. So, yeah, you, you know what I mean? Like, uh, actually, you don't know what I mean, because then you wouldn't do the retort. Um, <laughs> it's... it's uh... It's like uh, how the Republicans party has been dubbed like the party of no, you know? I, under, I understand what you're saying is that like yeah. the, the, the Norwegian Christians are saying, hey, you know what? Here's an alternative if you'd like. If you believe in this, we think this should be an option. Whereas, yeah. you know, Americans are like, no, it's got to be my way or the highway. Yeah, yeah. Like what, what they believe is, you know, it's, it's, it's total crap, but they're not, they're not being aggressive about it. Yeah. But, but, uh, yeah. Uh, but, but like the conservative Christians in America, well, like this is a Christian stuff. Like around the border, like New Mexico, um, Texas, we'll have, and so think, on. Do you think we'll have a, a nice Christian audience to this podcast after the episode? That, well, yes. I, I think the Christians <laughs> will be, be your main audience, actually, after this episode. <laughs> uh, just buying into this. Uh, Maybe we can give them something to be against. Mm, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but, but like, how is uh, how are they for uh, in regards to immigration uh, around, like, uh, around the border south? So, I don't know 100%. What I do know is that when it comes to uh, politicians kind of selling religion in, in, as a platform, it does very well around there because uh, Mexicans tend to be Catholic. There's a lot of Catholic Mexicans. And so they, you know, they come across the border and there's a lot of, there's a lot of Mexicans living in like New Mexico, Texas, Southern California. And around that area, um, they're not as anti-immigrant as you might expect because they're around each other. There's, you know, the racism and discrimination tends to decrease significantly when the groups are assimilating. They're next to each other. And yeah, it's a exposure, and, you know? Yeah. So that, that tends to happen around there. Now, when you get like 
northern Texas cattle ranchers, they're convinced that, you know, that, that gangs are coming up from Mexico and, and just bringing, <laughs> funneling tr- drugs in. And then once you get further east, then you start getting like they took our jobs type people. So around the border, there's more acceptance. And religion is almost a non-starter, if anything, uh, from what I understand. I have a friend that lives in to- Aaron. We talked to Aaron. Um, you know, he's men- he's mentioned that it, it, there's probably more conflict between like Catholics and Christians, like trying to work together because they both are kind of a diminishing resource in America. Because religion is is on the decrease in the United States. You know, people are getting more and more atheist. Um, so that's that's caused groups that would previously clash to kind of work together, which was happening in Cleveland too. Like the Cleveland Catholic diocese works together with other Christian groups to accomplish various political goals. I mean, they also do like you know homeless housing and stuff too. Yeah, they got they got they got they got like a similar they got a similar thing. You know, they got they got a common thing. They like their religion. Well, I mean, yeah. they got their god. Um, the, yeah no no continue i'm sorry the the redder the state and the further from the border generally the the less they understand about immigration but see it as a real threat um i don't know how it is because because in florida you get kind of the opposite problem where like people in florida i think tend to see uh people that are coming from you know, either South America or from Cuba, you know, because there's a lot of Cuban Americans in Florida, they see it as like people sneaking in on boats. So it's not the same as like people bringing their families up across the border, settling down and making a nice church community. It's instead like people like swimming. How dare they? <laughs> yeah. Like, like they're, they're clutched to the bottom of a submarine or something. And they managed to like, you know, why is that bad though? How is that more negative? Like, than crossing a like what is what is the bad part of it well i think i'm sorry but i think that's like the same reason why so many are uh, negative to immigration in europe because i think they have a lot of the same rhetoric there that they are coming over with boats and it's like only the men and like the the women out and stuff like that but I, i still i still struggle to understand why the boats make it bad and it's it's easy and also because you can see the pictures of men yeah, but you can see pictures of men crossing a physical land border too. Why is well, no, no, so sea, why is that so terrifying? Why is that worse? The big difference, though, so the big difference there is demographic. Um, so you, so you got to remember that Florida is not made up of people. A lot of the people that are in Florida tend to be. It's kind of like our nation's retirement community. There's a whole bunch of old people that move, especially for, along the East Coast, down to Florida when they retire. And so uh, I've heard this. I've heard they're very, uh, they're very, they say very, it's like a lot of old people. Yeah. I learned this from Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly, that's exactly right. He has a joke where he says, you know, the state flag of Florida should just be like a steering wheel, a hat, and two knuckles, no face, you know, just, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, so, and, and you know, if you live in New Mexico, you live in Albuquerque, um, you may have grown up there. And you're surrounded by other, you know, Mexican communities. You encounter them all the time. You're used to hearing Spanish, or you're a guy who got burned out on middle management. You yelled at your kids for 25 years, then you moved down to Florida, and, and after you know a lifetime of complaining about immigrants, 
now you're suddenly surrounded by immigrants and you're like, well, this isn't okay. And then you develop reasons why. And Oh, okay. Okay. That well, makes sense. Well, like on like the, uh, interestingly enough, like the, like a lot of Cuban immigrants are just against immigration uh, for some reason. But that's the case in Norway too. Like a, uh, a lot Cubans? Of, yeah, no, not Cubans necessarily, but <laughs> our immigrants tend to be very anti-immigration. Like FRP has a huge uh, FRP, I guess it speaks should speak English like a human being. Um, FRP has a huge swath of like immigrant voters because they tend to be more socially conservative. Yes, I, that, so, yeah, I, I, yeah. I never really understood that. Why, when like well, they obviously gone through to get to. Uh, to to our country and like a lot of yeah but it's, it's, it's i think it's more like i got mine but i don't want this country to turn to shit so i want to close the border now you know what i mean it's either that it's it's two things well I, for us it's it's a couple of different things one is that is the the fuck you i got i got mine you know yeah but there's also a side we have the a problem of having a two-party system and so a lot of uh you know mexican immigrants uh and and even 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 some of the the islands like puerto rico and cuba and stuff well puerto rico is more liberal but point is a lot of a lot of the immigrants especially the catholic ones are voting for catholic reasons and oh yeah i don't want gays or women to run stuff that kind of stuff that or well a lot of times it's not even that no I'm, I'm, i'm 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 like obviously like super like uh you know, stereotyping the crap out of the christian block <laughs> yeah 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 you know yeah. like every uh, you know it, the name of the podcast is very much relevant whenever i think <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but, no, but if, uh, i think i've heard when you said i'm sorry but uh, i think radio land i had an ep- uh, a podcast about this where or like an episode about this where they were interviewing uh like cubans and stuff in in the south of yeah. america and and they were like oh yeah i i fear for my life every day as long as trump is president but i will vote for him because he represents catholic values yeah which you know it's true you have yeah. sexually abused people which is very much within catholic values now <laughs> I, I i am i was awfully fascinated by this because like how like what how, what's your reality if you are willing to fear for your life every day as long as you have catholic values around you and i i don't, I don't well, understand I guess, that I think. I guess... maybe maybe that's the whole like this is tinfoil hat stuff but I kind of look at it as like being a Catholic is kind of having the sadomasochistic relationship with both your parents and God. Like your parents say, listen to us, we're the authority figure or else. And they use guilt to keep you in line. And I feel like if you're like self-flagellation, it is. And, and it's, it's this idea that I need to suffer in life and give my life to God and live in fear of him. And then I'll get to go to heaven so I think if someone comes in and says, hey, you know what? You should vote for us and live in fear of our party. That makes perfect sense to me. Because if you're doing it with your priest, who's supposed to be the one protecting you, yeah. <laughs> your parents, you'll definitely do it for, for a you know, political organization. <laughs> but I, I, I want to be a little more charitable and not just like, because a lot of these people don't, aren't Catholics either. Like Muslims, I don't think they have the same self-flagellation thing as Catholics do. I don't, I don't know. know. I... No, like, yeah, yeah, I think, you have you have you have certain things like you have to fast and all of that but no, I'm the just fasting saying, isn't isn't about punishing yourself I mean, to a degree it is because you're meant to 
feel like what it is to be poor and starving. You know, it's, it's a it's a sympathy thing. But I think I heard, this is the physical. This is the physical expression of the exact same thing. Yeah, but it's uh, I know I know, but it's uh, there's a it's a guy called Van Jones. He's like a political commentator in the U.S. I think his think his name is Van Jones. Ben Jones. Yeah, I, th- I don't fucking remember what his name was. He's a black guy, you know. He's uh, he's on the CNN and stuff quite often. Um, uh, and he's. Do you have black people on CNN? Sometimes they do. Oh. Sometimes they, they, give, they give them like a like a, a throw them a bone. Oh, uh, no, I woke of them. Yeah, <laughs> no, but no, but he's he's a clever guy, you know. He he is uh, often on like talk shows, like political talk shows. He's uh, he's very liberal himself, but. He, like, I used to be very like, all right wingers are stupid, and I still am. But <laughs> I have a little more sympathy for them uh, because he said that when they vote against their own self interest, we are think, oh well, you're voting against your own self interest. How stupid are you, right? But there's a lot of liberals who do that too. You know, like uh, he he was using a, an example of uh, like rich people in Hollywood who vote Democratic when they really fucking shouldn't. You know? Like, if you make so, so much money, you should always fucking vote for a Republican. That's you know? not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. But it's, it's kind of, it's not... kind of, no, but listen, listen. Okay, all it's right. Not the same. It's not the same if you want to, like, go into the nitty-gritty details. Well, I think... No, no, let me, let me finish. Uh, it's not the same about the nitty-gritty details, you know? But it is the same in that you are voting against your own self-interest uh, to preserve your values. Like you vote, your, your values are more important than anything else to you. Like you have your, you have like your economic stuff, you have this and this, but your values are what takes president to you. You know, like if, if you're, if you're white, you should technically fucking always vote for a fucking white supremacist party. Shouldn't you? Like if you're just thinking about your own self-interest, yes, but, but you have values that prevent you from being a flat out asshole. Honestly, that's not why I can't. I don't vote for him. It's because I can't vote for a Golden Dawn Party. So I'm a Greek, so like that's impossible for me. I am working on the uh, the Greek citizenship. I am working hard on it. Uh, I'm looking for the, the Lesbos, the island. That's gonna be uh, yeah. fun. Uh, and, uh, but like you know, you win some, you lose some, right? Yeah. No, but but, but I do. Okay, uh, so but I think you are make a point there because yeah. they, I do think there's a, when you think of like what is in oneself interests uh, then maybe uh, it's not necessarily what we I think everyone has maybe their own kind of self-interest and just mm-hmm. because and, and, and even though you have a lot of money let's say you're a film star and you make like 60 million dollars per movie like some of them do then it isn't necessarily in your own self-interest even according to as i said your values to have to continue having all that money i mean maybe it's okay for you to give away half of it well i mean what the hell can you buy with 60 million that you can't buy with 30 million like uh, at at that point you're just like like, okay admission to the soho house that's why i think that that comparison (laughs) that's 60 versus 30 million like that's why i think that comparison is is a little like disingenuous because you, you're you're pulling all the empathy out of the decision, and you're creating such a broad definition that it, the the comparison becomes meaningless. 
Uh, of course, of course. But no, I, like I still say, think it rings true, man. It's like values versus your own interests. Because it, yeah. it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be about the money. You know, it can be about anything else. But like you, you put your values higher than you put what's good for you. But also, also but I do no. think there's a good point the, to be made. So if, if you're yeah. going to talk about values, you have to bring things like empathy, greater good. You know, th- there are a lot of other factors. Yeah, those are those are values. I know. And what I'm saying is, when you have a, a definition that's too general, you're cutting out all those variables and pretending like they don't exist. And you're just saying you're just giving. It's like if I say. Uh, basketball and hopscotch are both the same sport because they both involve jumping. Like that's not. There's I, a lot of I other stuff. I, that I, I don't know much. I don't know much about sport, so I can't really make the distinction. Uh, I don't know what hopscotch is. Hopscotch but I, I also, I also wanna, I wanna use my ignorance as an argument for me. Because a lot of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to this. You know that's some curly hogging move, right? That there. is a curly hogging move. A curly I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the curly hogging move now because I don't know much about basketball or hopscotch. So as far as I'm concerned, they could just be the fucking same sport. <laughs> but a lot of people don't know much about politics, Jeremy, and so A might just be look like B to them. Huh? Yeah. No. Checkmate. No. <laughs> yeah. Suck on that. Take that. Okay, now Keep that's... Like Take it like a big boy. <laughs> that's like saying COVID's just like the flu because a whole bunch of people believe it. <laughs> yeah, well, to a lot of people it might be because ignorance people, is bliss. It, huh? it doesn't change the reality of it. <laughs> no, it doesn't change the reality, but uh, it changes how they vote. Well, I honestly, I've never had... A lot of uh, people vote even though what they're voting for has no connection to reality. We know that for a fact. You had a president about this. Yeah, I mean, like, I never... Honestly, I never had COVID. Uh, nor have I ever met someone who has had COVID. And also, I do not actually understand or know anything about the biology. So I don't believe in it because I have no reason <laughs> to believe it. Well, you it's are a true, It's you like are hearing true. about Jesus or polar bears. Who's seen one? No one. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen a Jesus in the wild. No, that is that is very true. Yeah. I've never seen them. Well, I've seen a Muhammad in the wild. That's that's like I feel like when it comes to it's like, not difficult to see a Muhammad. It's a very common name. Yeah, that's right. Or Abraham. That is less common. I met people who named Abraham. That's kind of cool. Abrahamovich. But Abrahamovich, that's very different. That's a Polish guy. No, but it's still derived <laughs> from Abraham. It doesn't matter. Polish guy. That's a dime a dozen. <laughs> I mean, my name, my name, uh, some my name is Chris Ivan, obviously. Exactly, Chris. exactly. But, but like, Ivan, You're reinforcing my point. It's a dime a dozen. There's a million of you. Sorry. That is true. But like Ivan is from <laughs> Johannes, uh, from, from obviously the original language written in, I can't remember, a Syriac or whatever. And then go through the, mm-hmm. uh, to the Latin, Greek, and then Syriac alphabet. And throughout that, it's sort of changed to, to Ivan. I want to I wanna derail us completely a little bit. Have you ever noticed how Russian sounds like someone is speaking backwards? I know. I can say a few Russian things. Yeah, like, just say a few Russian things now. Obviously, Privyet. Anyone listening now, including Jeremy... Does this not just sound like someone is playing like a record backwards? 
you know, like when you hear like the, you know, the, the secret lyrics to Led Zeppelin or something. Yeah, um, maybe. Yeah. And, and the Russian alphabet has a lot of backwards letters too. So I don't know what my point is, but there you go. Actually, I forgot to say the most important thing I know in Russian. Vodka, vodka, Stalingrad. No, it is. Actually, it's two things. It's just Stalina. You have to say it like that. <laughs> you got to say it aggressively. Yeah, 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 yeah. It means basically for Stalin. And it is uh, a lot of uh, during the Battle of Moscow, they were yelling that as they were killing Nazis, which is, you know, fun. Yeah, I can't blame them for killing Nazis. Yes, exactly. And then, of course, uh, Lenin. Of course. Which is so, means, means Comrade Lenin. It's yeah. uh, Tavarish. I, I recognize Lenin. You recognize Lenin, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy, did you recognize Lenin? Like the name Lenin? Yeah. No, no, the guy. Come on, man. Yes. <laughs> He's okay, a very least, famous see, person. <laughs> see, you two know some Russian. <laughs> yeah, we know Lenin, we know vodka, we know Stalin. And Borscht. Most likely, I don't know Borscht. Goulash. The, the, I know goulash. It's, it's a it's a food. Yeah, goulash and gulag. I know gulag too. Yeah, and a goulash is based on beetroots. Actually, it's very red, weird. I never had yeah. it. But... Borscht is a soup. It's it's pretty good if it's yeah, made yeah. right. Otherwise, it's it's not made right. It's it's gross. I know how to say Nostrovia because no, of course Nostrovia. Every now and then you drink with Polish people, and they say Nostrovia all the time. Well, yeah, actually, and, and... borscht borscht is Ukrainian, technically. The reason, the reason I know this, my 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 wife's uh, mom's side is 100% Ukrainian, and they make they make authentic borscht every year for Easter. Oh, is, is it nice? It's, it's it's delicious. I love it. Oh, that's nice. Oh, yeah. So they were also immigrants. Uh, her grandmother was. Her grandmother is still alive. She's in her mid to late 90s. She's like 96 or something, and uh, she's this tough. Like she's short. And she's been doing, she, she did her gardening clear into like, she was like 94, 95 when she had to move in with her daughter, but she would do like, you know, wheelbarrow, you know, mulch and manure around her yard. And it's a big yard. She took care of the whole thing. Um, but she, she came over during the Ukrainian famine. Uh, and she talks about like going to school and just like seeing bodies on the side of the road and stuff. So her family came over uh, during that point. And they all still speak Ukrainian. Like my uh, my mother in law knows it, and like oh, when she talks cool. to her sisters and stuff, they talk in Ukrainian sometimes. Um, Have you picked up some phrases? No, no, I picked up absolutely nothing. Um, they talk too, <laughs> they, they talk too fast, and like every once in a while, I'll ask them what a word means. But I that kind of information, if I don't use it, it just disappears. Well, yeah. but like you make a, I think you make a interesting point there to bring it back a little bit to to to, to immigration uh i think you're better at directing the podcast than we are that's yeah. true mm. uh, yeah no <laughs> maybe i should just always direct it yeah oh and it's a fine role anyway so so i think there's uh, because you were talking about this earlier mm. but like i do think that some of like the most badass people you'll find is exactly those that have immigrated, like like the grandma of your wife, uh, Jeremy, and like your friend who's just currently yeah. in jail due to bureaucratic messes. Yeah, uh, like like these are tough motherfuckers, and like I do yeah. think there's a very good point that if you manage 
but like if especially because like a lot of in 2015-16 you also had famines in Africa which a lot of people immigrated because of that and so you have also had a bunch of Christians too yeah, who immigrated and and so if you're from like let's say I don't know Malawi you have to go over the desert you know yeah uh, like and you manage to come from go from Malawi you have no money no resources and you manage to get from there to Europe and, and, and to Norway of all places. Like you gotta have some goddamn innate resources. That's yeah. thoroughly impressive. Like I like if if I because I, I would imagine all the weak immigrants they're still in the desert, you know, under the sand. Yes, this natural selection. I mean, this is a yeah. bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't like where it's, this it's, is going it, now. It's a grim topic you're bringing up. It, it's um, very, it's very dark because yeah, we're seeing, we're seeing, we're seeing the scary side of the communist now. Yes, yes, social dominionism. <laughs> this is no, like it's it's functionalism in, in its extreme. So, like, I think that like there's ran, there's random chance though too, right? If you have people that are coming over, say, the Mediterranean. And you've got some people in a boat and they're, you know, they're crammed and they're making the, the journey and it's not a fun journey. A yeah, it's, it's all about like, do you have one day of bad weather or do you live? Exactly, exactly. But just right, but like the most dangerous part is not going over the Mediterranean. It's going over the desert. That's where most people die. Also, yeah. like, like that's where people get raped and murdered and horrible, horrible stuff happens to them. Also, it's desert. Oh yeah, the desert is it murder you see. Desert. You don't really need to be raped to die in a desert. Uh, yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah I would prefer yeah, to die in a desert before I was raped. Don't, don't help. But yeah, I mean that's a that's a nice fuck you to the rapist. Uh, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, go on, Jeremy. Um I I I was gonna I was gonna do the our, our sponsor and then come back. But Finish what you're saying before I do that, because I don't want to cut you off. Actually, you should you should definitely do the sponsor, because we are like, we should quit the episode after the sponsor, because this is going to be a long-ass episode. That's all right. We got another 15 minutes in us. I believe. Okay, okay, okay. okay. But do the, do, do the ad, do the ad, do the ad. Okay. Introducing Coming to Life, the cactus that grows when you jizz on it. Coming to Life is this new state-of-the-art hybrid succulent that responds better to your cum than a low-nitrogen, water-soluble fertilizer. Coming to life, the environmentally friendly way to wank. <laughs> um, oh, lovely. Okay, continue. Well, that was a, that was a fitting um, sponsor for today. Especially when we're talking about all the deserts. Yes. Uh, yeah, desert rapes. You know, <laughs> cactuses and rape. Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm sure cactuses has been utilizing desert rapes. Like, let's be honest, oh. there. There's gonna be some sadistic asshole who's had a had a had a good time. Yeah. Or, or 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 someone who found a cactus and was like, "This is a good improvised weapon. I'm gonna take this guy out for doing the right thing." No, but I mean, I mean, I mean hey, maybe someone looked at the cactus and be like, "You know what? Go into that sweet that in some place of my body. There's some orifice of my body which which will enjoy this. Anything is a dildo if you're brave enough." Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, no, but you were saying. Sorry, sorry, uh, Jeremy. Um, I wanted I wanted to know because there's you know a certain there's a certain amount of immigration that becomes a turning point and it's it's understandable for a bunch of reasons one you get too many people and the country it, it straps you know it saps the country's resources so you know at first Germany took in several hundred thousand Syrian refugees but eventually they're like no we can't do this as much anymore and yeah. there's direct there's a direct line of there's political instability when you bring in too many, you know, people all at the same time. Um, 
there's also communities that spring up that begin to reorganize themselves like they are in their home country. And if you don't assimilate, then you can have cultural clashes, direct cultural clashes with government. You and can create a lot of friction and shit, like people with different uh, cultures and laws. And yeah, famously, because... obviously, the example people often use are like immigrants uh, from certain areas have very different uh, ways of uh, looking at women and you know homosexuals and etc. Exactly that kind of stuff. And then you have governments tend to neglect immigrant communities, especially when they kind of put them in a corner, you know, they're like, oh, well, this is now your spot and uh, good luck. You know, they just kind of wipe their hands of the, the whole situation and, and leave. And yeah, then you just create like a makeshift ghetto. I mean, we've done differently and, in our way, but also we've taken in far fewer immigrants. Yeah, we, we do. Mm. So there's so my, I wanted to know what you guys thought that tipping point was because you, you, after a certain point, it becomes a strain on the government and it becomes it becomes a breeding ground for populism and it's i want to know like at what point you guys think it's fair to start saying no we should limit immigration no we should um and and, and going back to the the right to life where if i deny somebody access to my country because am i killing them yes am i killing them because what if you have, say, 100,000 people that you'd be effectively killing by sending them home, but you are only slated for 20,000 because last year you took a million. I, okay. Just a ridiculous number. Just a ridiculous number. Like, you, you go and you have a million new yeah. people come in, and then your government says, okay, no, you know what? We have, we can only take 20,000 next year because we just don't have the resources to give them goods, a good, stable life, and it's going to wind up causing problems. But then the next year comes and you've got 100,000 people where going home would be a death sentence. So, see, I, I think that's actually a really fucking good question, because generally the way people treat these debates is like if you're on the right, you're just against immigration. If you're on the left, you're just for it. And it's like if you're going to say how much immigration is enough immigration and then it's just like the guy who says the highest number is the goodest person you know exactly because there there can't there has to be a breaking point of course there is because you, you gotta you gotta make sure everything is like integration is extremely important like good integration yeah. uh i think i i don't know i don't i can't say a number because like well what am i a statistician um but i i think that whenever they add immigrants uh and you're like delegating a home which i don't i don't know how that works i don't think you actually send people to little towns and stuff but i think the best way to do it as far as i've seen and as far as i've been told by immigrants is to make sure that you put them in norwegian neighborhoods or maybe in your case american neighborhoods you put them in with the natives no you put them in norwegian neighborhoods in michigan (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean that's a melting pot for sure um no but i think i think it's very important to mix the people um you know i i I think it's it's very dangerous to segregate people and create ghettos uh and it is important that the culture of the the nation you're moving into has president like that, that 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 is that is the prioritized culture, which is something no one ever wants to say. But obviously, that's why you're moving there, you know? Yeah. 
Uh, and so if I move to a fucking different country, I'm going to adapt to that country. I'm not going to force them to adapt to me. But I also don't want them to rob me of my cultural heritage. So you need to find uh, a kind of a sweet spot where you get to maintain your cultural heritage as long as those things aren't like in conf- direct conflict with the values of that nation. You know, and there's always going to be some issues where I'm just like, no, that's a non-negotiator for me. Like, if if I were to move to, uh, let's say, Iran, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I uh, obviously there's very many parts of uh, like my moral compass that I, I I can't abide by, like someone like saying homosexuality is evil. I, I I'm not going to abide by that shit, but. I'm also not going to be, it's hard to say, man. It's hard to say because I, 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 can't, I can't be telling them how to live their fucking lives, especially not that I'm living in, in like their country. Like I've moved there. I can't move there and decide to change it. Okay. That's, that's what a fucking colonialist does. Right. And we all agree that that's not a good thing to do. So what you if know? you have a group of people that move in and you're in charge of a country, you, Joe, are are in charge of things and oh you are your president and chris is chris is the prime minister you have brought in a whole subset of people and they're not you know adhering to mask mandates they're doing other things like let's just say they're sinking all your boats and um so <laughs> you you find out that you, you find out achievement in Norway. <laughs> bring you bring in this immigrant community from Atlantis, and they're all about sinking boats because they want to live under the water. And Bastards. you find out that this is happening. What do you do? How do you impose order? Do you send them home? Do you send them back to Atlantis, even though that they'll drown? Um, like, uh, what's what's your go-to? I think in that particular case, I guess I guess I would be like, okay, we can sink the boats, but you have to start with your own, and then you can sink ours. No, but like the no, obvious solution but, here yeah. is just have them work uh, whether they want it or not in the oil industry. If they want to be underwater, well, then they can just work on their, on the on the water pipes and so on. Yeah, they'd be so <laughs> happy. Yeah, look, oil platform. <laughs> yeah, they can call it yeah. vocational training, and they need to go on vocational camps before they can, you know, continue doing their the <laughs> trades. Yeah, they, they each get two rocks for their pockets, and then they start working. Yeah, uh, exactly. No, but, but on, a, on a something catchy over the gates of your compound, you you know, work will make. <laughs> you know, it's. <laughs> yeah. No, but on a serious note, it is it is an extremely difficult question to answer, because. How do you fix it? Like, if you're sending them back, that's a death sentence. Uh, you're letting them stay, but they want to fuck with shit. Yeah. You know, it's a very, very difficult situation. You have to try and re-educate them. But doing so uh, is... There's a huge difference between integration and assimilation. Well, and trying to force them to change if it's against just their, their fucking very nature, you know, like you're making them feel uncomfortable. You're making them like your, 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 your integration efforts are obviously, you can't just say, I'm going to integrate them. Well, because that's not how people work. You can't just say, I'm going to make you fit in with my group. Yeah. You know, some people just don't for cultural reasons or whatever the hell. Well, and, and this isn't, yeah. And this isn't like a, a 
this this was rep this was seen in Hungary because Hungary got totally overwhelmed and, and okay, remember remember Angela Merkel had to step in and take uh, all those all those uh, immigrants that were stranded in Hungary at one point um, and Sweden took in more uh, immigrants per capita than any other European nation and yeah they 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 got they got fucked up and both countries extreme experienced extreme oil and water. <laughs> you know, sort of problems. Yeah. Well, and it, it's there, not, it, it, it happens. And the, and I don't know what you do about it either. I was just wondering what you guys I, th- I think were. the way you do it is you have to kind of drip feed the immigration and you have to find, uh, like, so that you can blend it. Like, you know, like, it's, it's like making uh, soft, you know, there's, what the fuck is the English word for that, huh? I don't, I don't know if they have soft. In they, I think in, in Britain, they call it squash. It's just like you know when you mush fruit and you mix it with water to create a create a drink. Like you buy a bottle of like sort of like lemonade. Yeah, yeah. You kind of buy a bottle of some kind of fruit juice and then you pour a little in a cup and then you pour water in there and blend it. Hmm. Do you have that? Um it's just, please tell me you have that. It's sounds essential. Like a <laughs> Yes, I will. I can't, like if you don't have it, I can't immigrate to the United States. I know Trump would like it, but I can't. It's my one principle. I, I'm sorry, I spaced out. Could you tell me the recipe again? <laughs> okay, okay, I'm gonna try and find another example. Uh, basically, basically, you can you, you have to you have to be slow with the blending. You yeah. know, because you add like let's say. I, I, I'm inventing percentages now, like fuck these numbers, but let's say you add 5% immigrants and then you make sure that those immigrants get to be mixed in with the countryness before you add another five. So you don't do too money at, at the same time, you know, so you don't create like a, a sludge. I think that's you know, like when you're cooking and you have to add a little bit of uh, salt at the t- at the time and then blend it in and then add a little bit and then blend it in. Then add well, maybe some this more goes water. back to the the eighty thousand, you know, one million eighty thousand problem question. Where what if you don't have control over the numbers and you are against sending people home to their deaths? Ah, oh, fuck, man, that's such a difficult question. Well, well okay, okay. So, so here's the thing. I, I I'll go. So I, know I just went in a circle. I didn't mean to do that, but. It's... But like, and so like, I do think, I, th- I think it's most difficult for us to think about like immigration now as it is, as it is now because we live yeah. now and it's difficult to see how things will transpire. But mm. like, if you think about like immigration in in the forties, you know, and they they came to the transport and stuff like that, when when a lot of people tried to immigrate from Europe to America. And, and FDR were like, well, we have this many people and whoever mm-hmm. is over that, they have to go back because right now the Netherlands are safe. And so I think the most safe, the most uh, famous one there is a book called The St. Louis, which had 700 someone on them. And, and, and because FDR needed political power, uh, because he always needed it, uh, and uh, he needed the vote of some anti-Semite. He was like, "Well, no, I, I can't do anything about it." And and then they sort of. I know this is small, but like it's just a way of thinking about it. And and they and they went back, and everyone died. But but I think like two hundred survived who ended up in Britain. But everyone Jesus else uh, was just horribly murdered in Dachau. Uh, so like. Um, 
so so like that there are real world examples about like how we understand how we can safely say today that sending back those immigrants regardless of how bad it might be in our country it is our moral duty to do so because i think everyone today would be like oh yeah it is everyone's moral duty to like be, be a safe haven for 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 the jews and yeah. other people and so on during that time and, and so so like in, in 100 years people might look back at us now and be like what what was wrong with these people i guess i, guess, I mean that, that gave me kind of an idea i mean that sounds terrible to say that after that story but i was thinking <laughs> what, so if, what if you were to like if you had like a huge influx of like refugees and let's 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 make a separation between refugees and immigrants you know like you're fleeing from something versus you want to move somewhere okay yeah. you know uh and these jews they were refugees because they're fleeing from something if you had a huge influx of refugees in a period of time can't you just limit the legal immigration so like let's say norway suddenly gets a shit ton of people from some conflict in fucking Lebanon or something, right? Yeah. Maybe we just say, okay, we have uh, like a thousand people coming from Lebanon that we didn't expect that we're going to have now. Um, This year, we have a quote limit so that we have to accept a thousand fewer uh, Swedes or Englishmen or Americans. Because those places are demonstrably like say they're not fleeing from those places i hope it, it's not you know what i mean i don't I think do. it's the same so thing we, like we yeah. have a limit but we prioritize whoever needs that no but i think that's the same it's, it's not the same thing as your example it's just your example gave me that idea okay i see i see yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying like I, i'm just saying that if, or, if, if, if you're from britain for example or just from let's say spain right yeah Oftentimes, you you will be Christian. You will have a decent education. It will and, be, and it is, and then you can just almost instantly, you know, the integration is much easier. It's yeah, yeah. You don't cultural... use the same resources as a, as a, a thousand Spaniards. Yeah, as, as as you do a thousand people from Lebanon. You know. Yeah, it's going to be way more difficult. Uh, that's true. That's well, true. But, but like, but, but also... we, we don't think about the actual blending. Let's just say the amount of resources required to give these people uh like integrate these people we take those resources like we have a pool of integration resources every year and then we focus on the ones who need it more to make sure that they're successfully integrated and the ones that don't need to be here uh can just get in the queue kind of like with an organ donor so i don't know that it could be that simple and the reason i say that is because a lot of those the, the a lot of the legal immigrants um, are coming in on say work visas or stu- like study visas and th- there's if yeah. you say like we have a moral imperative to prioritize the neediest first and you get a massive influx and you're like okay we, we have to reduce our immigrants this year down to half or zero um, because we're just totally overwhelmed um you can put very real political strain between two countries if you say your students aren't allowed here anymore. Or, yeah, you're right. You're right. It was a bad well, idea. I don't think it's a bad idea. I think it's just something you have to consider extra. I do. I do think it's possible to set up a system where you have flex, right? Like you have a you have a, yeah. an amount that you can 
you can well, put can... strain on the system and alleviate some of that pressure by reducing it. But I think you'd have to look into all those like other things too. Like if, you know, you have a, a big company, you have a big research like tech firm in your country that you really need to bring in outsiders on a regular basis for various reasons. And then all of a sudden that, co that company can't, you might have that company decide to move to a different country where it's a lot easier to get their work done. Well, maybe, but also, also realize something to be like, uh, if you're from, I don't know, like from a European country, maybe like you can't come in here, immigrate here. It is as legal as if Iowa were like, well, the people from Utah is not allowed into this country. Yeah, we, like we, a lot of the states, like, like that. Went to Norway, but uh, I mean, Jeremy invented a country for me to manage. Oh yeah, that is or that miss, is. or miss. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm the prime minister. Okay, I. Yeah. Uh, it's called Justekia. No. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, no, but it was awesome until I was in charge of immigration. <laughs> oh, no, no, but but okay. When I come back to this, because I think a lot of the things we talk about here now is because uh, ages ago I read a book by by Chichek. It was written around the time, you know. 2015, 2016. Uh, and, and it's sort of called a lot of things we're talking about, the double blackmail, where either people are like, oh yeah, we should take cash money people in, in a society, or we should help them over there. Like, like yeah. that is the rhetoric, uh, I don't know the rhetoric that is used in, uh, uh, in America to that degree, but like I do know like a lot of the rhetoric when it comes to immigration here in, here in Norway, and a lot of European countries, are, we should help them over there, right? Instead yeah. of having a lot of Syrian people come over here, we should help them. We should by, take Syria. Yes, by mostly bombing it, but that's a different story. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> everyone has different ways to fix them. Some use duct tape, some in, use a hammer. putting in skylights. That's all it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. that is true. Free skylights. Why did I think of this? <laughs> then they would be so happy. But... <laughs> Nice breeze kind of coming in your classroom. Yeah, we put some, we put some holes in your school. Oh, yeah. We put some holes in some students too, but you know, collateral hey, damage. You know, it's just, just paint, free red yeah. paint. You want to make an omelet, you got to break a few kids. <laughs> yes, Raytheon would agree with you. <laughs> uh, uh, no, but, but, and so, so, like, I do think there is. For obvious reasons, I do think there needs to be systems that allow for large movements of people. And I think a lot of the problems we are talking about here comes from the systems, the immigration systems, the, the, the refugee systems and so on. Uh, in a lot of countries, including Norway, just aren't up to par with the modern world, right? Because even though, even let, let, let's say we just stopped all wars right now. And by that, I mean, just America stopped existing. And then, <laughs> Such a and then, um, and then, you still have like the environment, right? Like you still have, you still going to be famines, like they've yeah. been forever. You, you're still going to have a lot of problems around the world, right? Well, and that, so, that was my next point is climate change is going to force a lot of countries to institute new rules. It's going because there's going to be mass migration when certain parts become unlivable. Some areas are going to get drier. Some areas are going to get wetter. Some areas are going to flood more. Some areas are going to be, you're going to be, it's going to be very difficult to get an enormous amount of supplies in and out to feed communities. And so I think that as strain gets put on supply lines and area livability, there's going to be a lot of people moving across 
inside of countries and from country to country. I think there's going to be my, there's going to be a lot of migration within the United States. And I don't think it's going to be like, you know, the whole city of Boulder, Colorado is afraid of mudslides. They just all move together, but it's going to be noticeable to the point where standards of living are going to shoot through the roof in desirable communities. I think that it's going to be, there's going to be like, if you do live in Idaho, I don't care if you're an American, you can't come to the Great Lakes because the Great Lakes have, a, this is our freshwater, not yours. You chose to live in potato land. <laughs> it, uh, governments are going to say, well, what the hell do we do about this? And they're going to start putting down rules and saying, well, this is how much our cities can grow each year, or this is the amount, you know, they're going to do something. And I think that- It's some form of population control. Yes. And honestly, I think based on what I know about politicians, our conversation right here is going to be a lot worse than an actual academics who studies it, but a whole lot better than the conversations the politicians are going to have. And their systems are not going to be what we want. <laughs> it's going to be some real jankies. A lot of places, they're just going to have like blatantly racist stuff baked into it. And I feel like I feel like China is probably going to do like, oh, yeah, it's not so easy now, is it? After everyone criticized them for the you know, one child policy. <laughs> well yeah well, well that and the systemic elimination of minority groups in china <laughs> yeah well yeah. i mean like so they're they're gonna use they're gonna use this as a real real like time to shine you know yeah but like but, but i mean like i do have four countries like about india china indonesia basically countries that you have an incredible amount of people on yeah with with not that much land really compared to the population i do have sympathy for them in that they they are often against immigration and i can sort of get that if you're like, like if you just if you think about india right like they have how many people 1.32 billion people it's, yeah it's over a billion somewhere less, yeah, than, yeah. less than china more than a billion Yes, exactly. Right. Like if you have a billion plus people in your country, like like sure, you're an incredibly large country, but you still have a billion plus people and they have a substantial part of the world. <laughs> exactly. And like you're a smaller country than America is. Like India is a much smaller country than, than America is. Oh yeah. And and, and so like like I, I I do have sympathy for that because like how the fuck are you gonna fit people in there? And how how the fuck are you gonna manage to give resources to people like you can barely give resources to your own people when you have that amount of people right and so I, I do have sympathies in that like when you have that problem where it just just doesn't fit people this is a rough ride yeah but well, it's, it's a tough topic like this is not an easy topic in any sense because it's really difficult i think there's so some, many facets to it too there there are a lot of facets i think some like if you take like a, someone who's extremely progressive and all they care about is doing justice to every immigrant, they're going to listen to this and be like, well, empathy, empathy matters more. These guys, these guys are being racist. And I think that like, you know, populist and all right people, which, you know, fuck you guys, I don't care about you. Um, they're going to listen to this, like, like extreme QN and conspiratorial types are going to listen to this and be like, oh, you know what? uh these i have a solution just round them up and throw them in camps like mm. hey i had that solution yeah <laughs> they're just stealing your idea man god damn it i should put trademark on it yeah, don't you mean mao damn it start a company you know he never ran people up they just died of starvation no i just meant that he's god to you but that's <laughs> <Thank> god <laughs> 
Do not inflate Stalin and Mao. They were very different people. Yeah. <laughs> one had a mustache and one, one didn't. The frilly dresses <laughs> and the one, other, one had a great hair and the other didn't. You know? That is true, actually. Uh, Stalin did have a great but, hair. But uh, yeah, let's go back to the point you were making, Jeremy, because I think that's actually a really good one. I, I'm so I was you you had you had said like this is difficult or something. I was just agreeing with you. Like yeah, this is yeah no no because you have a, the the right wingers. They will throw it. It's an easy solution. We'll just dump them in the sea. And the left wingers, they will have like, no, we have taken everyone, no matter what resources are being burned out. Yeah, and, yeah I want to uh, say I'm pro-immigrant. Like, I don't, I, I'm, I. We, I'm we, 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 we started the podcast by establishing that you're not, Jeremy. Yeah, <laughs> you have to be against immigration now. Yeah. And, and in fact, you should praise China for everything they're doing uh, in regards to anti-immigration. No, no, you, you are representation. There. No, no, no. In, in, okay, so, in, I, so I have to be against immigration. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's against immigration. You're pro-China. Okay, but those are mutually exclusive things. Obviously, not, obviously. not in the United politics, States. So we can only touch one subject. <laughs> okay, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. States, they're not mutually exclusive. If you're anti-immigrant, you're also scared of China. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I mean, I mean, America did make the anti-Chinese law. I can't remember what it's named, but they did make a law that no more Chinese people can enter into China back in like 1890 or something. Uh, there was there was that there, we we banned we banned bringing Chinese over and then in the fifties or sixties we passed a law that said uh, that Chinese can come over but only highly skilled Chinese only you know doctors and lawyers people highly educated people wealthy and then and now they own we had a whole bunch like a preponderance of successfully assimilated Chinese. We, the, our government pointed to that and looked at African Americans and Mexicans and other minority communities and said, "See, it's not we're not being racist. Just some people are better than others, which you know is the definition of racism." But <laughs> 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 oh god, yeah. But like we we went the other way with Chinese Americans because Asian Americans are a, kind of a celebrated minority in America as like, but it's still it's still casually racist to be like, well, they're all smart doctors. They're basically human calculators. That's like just a different stereotype. Yeah, it might be a positive, positive stereotype. It's, it's, it's a positive stereotype. You but know? it's still a stereotype. But it's, it's still, I would yeah, still say it's, it's racism. It's, yeah, but it's, like sexual, like if you fetishize a specific race, right? Whatever that race might be, that's a form of racism, I would argue. Like you could argue it's positive, you find someone it, attractive, yeah. but it's still like a form of racism. Well, it's, it's, it depends on your definition of racism. If racism is making a distinction between people then yeah if racism is saying one per one, one type of people is superior to another then no well it's, it's not, it's, unless you're saying your type is the one that's better than the well, other no, if you say if you say one type is better than another because of race that's racism and it, that gets yeah, that's, that's it like that's true say, that's true but doesn't doesn't it have to be that your race is better than others or no i don't just, think so are no. you saying one race is better than another? If you say, if you say, look at that race of people because they were born Chinese, they're inherently smarter than others. Just because they're Chinese, that's racism. If you say there's a an aggressive cultural norm that forces you know Chinese youth through a series of hoops and they focus on education a lot harder than other countries, and that's why they produce higher performing students that's not racist that is a cultural observation there's a difference between those two and in america yeah, whether, whether, if you're saying it's nature or nurture right exactly 
And oh, yeah, that makes sense. And in America, just because it might be positive and that other, other you know, white people might be amenable to the idea that, oh, they're, you know, they're successful. It also, it has a, a documented negative impact on Chinese or Asian Americans' mental health because they feel a different burden. Their burden is felt as I need to uphold the oh yeah okay so it's like, yeah. stereotype and so suicide yeah. rates are higher among asian american youths you know like they, have, they have a they have a greater like uh like uh you know what is it called like the mantle of burden or something like that yeah and so if they fail if you're like in a math class and you're you don't like math you you're sitting around a bunch of other white people who are like oh i cannot like math but you're the asian kids so everybody looks at you and they're like Hey, you know, Ching Chong, why don't you tell me what the square root of a million is? You know, yeah. like just like crap like that. That's a burden of high expectations. That's what I, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. And so and it, I was it, mixing it with mantle. That type of really ignorant BS, like looking at someone, it, it also makes casual racism toward Asian Americans easier because like when I, when I'm around, you know, rural Americans, the racist ones, not, not and not all rural American, Americans are racist. It's just a, a higher percentage of rural Americans that are whatever that whole thing. When no, I'm around, no, be careful, Jeremy. You might say some racist shit about the rurals <laughs> <laughs> because the rurals is a specific ethnicity. I yes. am describing <laughs> a statistical trend. Uh, I'm not people. trying to alienate rural Americans, but uh-huh. when when I'm around a racist who is afraid to talk about, you know, African-Americans, they are much less afraid to like pull back their eyes and make some sort of like racist ass, like, you know. Yeah, well, that's because, you know, pers- some, some issues are more sensitive than others. Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like ism. So uh, people don't want to be racist or sexist, but ageism is like super acceptable these days. Yeah. Like pe- people will say boomer and like just like people who are otherwise normally super sensitive about slurs you know yeah you know, not old not all old people are like demented fools you know <laughs> and, and like and we all do are. it we all we all do it we all have some kind of group that we are just comfortable shitting on yeah uh, uh and it's it's just which group For of the day is classes. the group that you get to like you, that you get to shit on you know which I, group is the acceptable group to shit on these days i'm gonna be honest with you guys i don't think i have any group that i shit on oh i'm sure you shit on a lot of groups like americans <laughs> <laughs> no no i don't think i, I think i i think if anything i'm fair for again, in regards to the Americans. Yeah, but that's that's what a racist would say about black people too. Oh yeah, that's that, that might be true. <laughs> that's actually part of why I don't like the Americans. I think we're all blind to our own ignorance. That's kind of part of being ignorant. No, yeah, no, I mean, like, I mean, Beauvoir. I haven't read a book, but Beauvoir has a huge book about old age and how, like, old age, you sort of become a sec- second regarded citizens, the second degree second yeah. citizen. And so, like, like you sort of all cuddle a bit and people look at you like you you want the same as if you're middle-aged, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. you're just less capable of it. They sort of treat you more like child and and kind then, of like how women were treated before and still is in some areas yeah but also you think, know like how you know how women used to not be able to sign contracts and shit oh yeah 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 that was yeah, cause, uh, cause all that, the way into the 70s that, america yeah because that wasn't that wasn't necessarily to just 
pushed them down. That was like some misguided attempt to protect them from themselves. That, that, you know, yeah. It's like taking the license away from an old person who can't drive. Although that is like literally, they don't have no eyesight, they don't get the behind the fucking wheel. Well, well, yeah, but I also think like part of it is like when dealing with old people. Like I do think like when you have like I don't know, racist old Uncle Roger. Yeah, yeah like you, just, it's, you assume all old people are ignorant. No, no, not even, not even that. Not even oh, that. Like okay. I, I think like like when you have like racist old Uncle Roger who like sits in the corner and and talks about like the damn Japs. You know, because apparently he's spiritually connected with the Pearl Harbor incident, and so, <laughs> and 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 so so. But but like, I think like like I think it's very easy for, for for everyone to just sort of ignore that when like Uncle Roger goes on his like fifth rage and like rant about like the Japanese, uh, and 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 like, oh, yeah, like and, so. and, then, and then I think that's a way of like cuddling. I know this yeah, is yeah, no, I, I, I know what you mean. Like you, you hold them to a lower standard. Exactly, and that is instead of like like if I did that, you would hopefully punch me in the face. Like, uh, brick me. I, I don't think I would punch you in the face. No, uh, but, but but hopefully but, you didn't uh, break me. I feel like that's a breakable offense. I would, I would, I would tell you that you're being a moron and that you should shut the fuck up and let smart people talk. Yeah. I probably wouldn't tell you that if you were old. Yes, exactly, and, and that's. I sweet. would think it. I probably wouldn't tell you. Yeah, but I think that's like yeah. the like a bit of a problem. Of course, now in America, a lot of old people are in charge, so that's a bit of a problem. I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's because a lot of old people are extremely capable too. You know. Like, well, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. You know. Like, like I know there's a lot of capable people, but like I do think that, like, like even like there is a point of like of, of like sort of connecting that like sort of racism. And all people, as well as also we think about the immigration, all of that. Yeah, like, yeah, sort of yeah, connecting yeah. this is—is is that like, if you're a racist, ageist, or sexist, there's always a way to find statistics to back you up. Well, well, well you know, yeah. you can you can always find something to back back up any kind of. I, I, I know what you mean, yeah, but but yeah. I, but I'm just saying that like I do think it's also important to like confront your racist Uncle Roger. Who oh goes no, on no about, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that, honestly, that's just uh, at at that point you're just trying to respect him as an equal. You know? Exactly. Uh, and uh, yeah, but that, that's a that's like a that, that, that yeah that that's an interesting take on another positive ism. You know, Asians are good at maths, and old people aren't accountable for what they say. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, that's that's an interesting take. There's yeah. I think I think we should I think we really should end the episode though because we. I, oh, I'm there's, really there's, wanna... there's a point that I wanted to get get in because what you guys are yeah. describing, I think, is a range of like acceptability so if yeah. i say to, to go the opposite direction if i say oh that neo-nazi is trash most people would be like yeah dude that guy sucks and yeah. that is that's shitting on a group but do they deserve it i mean i think they do i i, I condemn neo-nazis so if but neo-nazis condemn you know jews so right so so and me this, so there's there is my point is there is an extreme limit for what's acceptable. Now you start walking it in, and now you start saying, okay, well, is it more acceptable to make fun of incels versus an old person versus an African American? You know, so now you have a gradient that you're working on. And like, if I say, oh, look at that boomer trash, that sounds a lot worse than look at that neo-Nazi trash. You know, yeah. But if I say, look at that, you know, 
Mexican trash. Now I've gone like far. You've gone too far, suddenly. Yeah. So I think also like you could you can compare and say like yeah you know like racism is is this is the same as ageism and I think that goes to like that broad definition thing but also there's there's nuance to it. I think it has to do with what we as a people find acceptable. Yeah. Because it varies. Like back in the, is, if you, if you is, go yeah, back not acceptable. 100 years, then your respect for your elders was paramount, you know? Yeah. And respect for other races was, you know, it's a bit of a bleeding heart sissy thing to do, you know? Yeah. So I think it's just uh, what's fashionable to like and dislike. Maybe that's Maybe that's maybe that's what it is about. Some of it's, I mean, some of it's cultural, but some of it's moral. Like I, I think with like pedophiles, yeah, mor- like, morals, morals are defined by culture. You know, it's like what's moral to me and what's moral to a Saudi Arabian is two very, very different stories. Yeah, but there are universal imperatives like murder. Obviously, I mean that that's like genetic morals, like so stuff those, that. So those are like there from, are morals like incest, that are separated from incest. Culture. Incest is also. One of those things that's just genetically. Yeah. Also, I would argue that, that murder isn't a universal thing. There are cultures that, that there are yeah, there are cultures that are in favor of shit like that. But the thing is, those cultures have to work hard to get to that point. Like if you look at humanity as a whole, murder, know. theft. I mean, capital punishment is a thing that's still happening. Yeah, but that, that's that's different. That's, that's different not the same than murder. That's the that's same. But I would argue yeah. like. I would argue, like, in a moral point of view, I mean, I don't think yeah, but there that, is that, much difference there. It, it Maybe not. Oh, but, like, honor killing. Yeah, but like, now... Still, I would argue that also murder. Yeah, yeah, but the whole point is, like, one is murder that a group has decided on, you know, yeah, like, yeah. and the other is a murder that has happened with uh, just, it's just you who wanted that person dead. No one else allowed you to do it. It's like, whether or not your group has agreed, we can kill this person. Sort of when Fred ha- when when Hoover wanted uh, Fred Hampton dead. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, straight up, yeah, straight up. Straight up. It's, it's just depending on uh, what the group allows, you know. But you have also just like innate genetic morals, stuff that made like people talk about how you know uh, some religious people say we didn't have morals; it was okay to murder and rape and shit like that until we got you know the Ten Commandments. No, well, which, you know, never a case. No, of course not, because no one would have ever fucking made it to Mount Sinai if that was the case. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, but okay, but like, yeah. should we sort of rail it in because you want to end? Uh, uh, yeah, I want to end the podcast because we've been way too long. Because I really want to keep them under an hour, and also I desperately have to go fucking take a leak. Yeah, <laughs> you should. You should prepare and make it a two-parter. Honestly, yeah, honestly, but we can have more more episodes about the same subject because this is not a subject we could fucking cover in forty five minutes. We couldn't cover it now, and we've almost spent two hours on this. Oh, okay, I see. But I'm also thinking of the poor fucking people who have you know definitely quit listening like an hour ago. <laughs> I signed up for this. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Um. So well, you want to sign us out, buddy boy? Yes, yes. Uh, Chris, thank you so very much for coming on a second time. It is always a pleasure. Please come back. Um, and oh, he will. <laughs> I, 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 thank once, you. Once per season, at least. At least. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Moot. Please follow us on Twitter at the Moot Podcast and visit us at the Moot subreddit. And see you guys later. Yeah, try your hardest not to be racist. That's true. Moot endorsed point. Don't. I will, I, will, I will call my buddy Xi Jinping. And you'll, <laughs> you'll be murdered in the streets. Oh, uh, yeah. You and your camps. <laughs> <laughs>